Hey everyone, Dan here. Just wanted to drop a quick message at the beginning before we start the show. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and for the fourth consecutive year, the Relay FM community is rallying together again to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, Finding Cures, Saving Children. This year, St. Jude celebrates 60 years of leading the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. The son of grateful immigrants, Danny Thomas, brought people together in support of that life-saving goal, finding cures, saving children. With a focus on saving as many children as possible, St. Jude brought research and patient care under one roof and pioneered racial integration as the first fully integrated children's hospital in the southern United States. As it expands in scope and extends its life-saving mission to help more children around the world, St. Jude continues to stand as a beacon of hope for families everywhere. Childhood Cancer Awareness Month is an opportunity for us to come together in the fight against childhood cancer. Together, we can make a big impact. This year, you can support the Relay FM for St. Jude campaign in multiple ways. As always, we invite you to make a donation. Donors who make an individual gift of $60 or more will receive a digital bundle including a wallpaper and macOS screensaver pack. Donors who make an individual gift of $100 or more will receive a set of stickers in addition to the digital bundle. If your employer offers a matching gift program, fill out the form at stjude.org relay to have that match credited to the campaign. And new for this year, if you want to get more hands-on, you can now start your own fundraising campaign to help us reach our goals while earning exclusive Relay FM merch. Fundraisers who raise $1 or more will receive an exclusive St. Jude limited edition of the Relay FM Challenge coin, and fundraisers raising $250 or more will also receive a unique desk mat featuring the cartoon heads of Relay FM's co-founders. Please go to stjude.org slash relay to donate and to find out more about fundraising. And mark your calendars for September 16th for the fourth annual podcast-a-thon. Relay FM co-founders Stephen Hackett and Mike Hurley will be back together at St. Jude's campus to host an eight-hour variety show featuring many Relay FM hosts and special guests. That's September 16th from 12 to 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash RelayFM. Once again, please go to stjude.org slash Relay to learn more and donate. Let's cure childhood cancer together. And now the show. Welcome to The Last Detail, a thoroughly considered side quest. In this show, we chat with a distinguished guest about a single object that is meaningful to them. We dive deep into that object, discussing the design, the manufacturing process, the good, the bad, and everything in between. After all, good design is thorough, down to the last detail. Today's guest is Betty Chen, an architecture project manager who on the side runs the YouTube channel Articulations and co-hosts the podcast Pictorial here on the Relay FM network. Her object is the Herman Miller Aeron Chair. Betty, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I, I love chairs, as you will find out soon. <laughs> yes. No, let, let's get right into it. You selected the Herman Miller Aeron chair. So I guess the first question is, why did you choose that? Yeah, so I chose this chair because I think it, I think it has a really interesting backstory of how it was developed. Um, it's really iconic. It's in the Museum of Modern Art, so it's it's art, mm-hmm. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah, I think it's just it's fun to talk about. Um, I actually I made a YouTube video about office chairs in general mm-hmm. a few years ago, and the video is called "Why Are Office Chairs So Expensive?" and I go through a lot of different reasons, um, and in it, I, I give some examples of office chairs, and the Aaron chair is one that I mention towards the end, and actually a lot of people who comment on the video comment about the Aaron chair as well, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because I actually I worked in a bunch of different offices and I've actually only ever sat in the Aaron chair probably I like maybe three or four times. Um, I'll pretty much a lot of the places I 
worked at, I either had a steel case chair, mm-hmm. um, and right now I sit in a null generation chair. Mm-hmm. Um, the last place I worked at before now, Herman Miller was actually our official furniture vendor, but I think we couldn't afford the own chair, I think. <laughs> so we didn't have that, which is very sad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you so you don't personally own a uh an Aeron chair then? Not not yet. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it was I so I I do have an Aeron chair and it was uh I believe if I'm remembering correctly, it was a gift from my then girlfriend now wife. This was over a decade ago, and we were either grad students or had just graduated, and it was one of those, you know, sucking air through your teeth, like pricey, our kind of first (laughs) big, like pricey, like splurgy, uh, you know, work-related thing, and uh, it's it's still in great shape, and it's here right next to me, so they do last a long time, that's for sure. And so you got it new, Dan? Yes, yeah. So yeah, I have two, I have two. Because oh wow, I don't even know. Can I have one? No, <laughs> yeah, I'll, just, I'll just mail it. I'm sure because so, but I got them used. Um, oh okay. And I forget the context. I know definitely my wife was the one that was like, "We need good office chairs." And we were, I think, in North Carolina, living, and there was just there was like they were like posted somewhere as like, hey, here we have like office furniture to use. And so we went in this room and there was like 20 of them just like wow. in a little corral in yeah. the empty office. And uh, <laughs> I don't think that they were expensive. Um, yeah. Well, that's, so, I mean, that's funny. In the, I was like just briefly uh, perusing the Wikipedia entry for the Aaron chair mm-hmm. and they sp- specifically call out this <laughs> idea that it became a symbol of the the dot-com bubble bursting mm-hmm. where there were just these graveyards of Aeron yeah. chairs basically as yeah like this. so I, <laughs> I mean this is probably 2011 or 2012 and so uh-huh. mm-hmm. it's not you know it was so who knows how old these chairs are that i have mm-hmm. is the <laughs> is the thing it's like yeah i guess they were never new and shiny but they still <laughs> Uh, one of them I ha- got a tear in the like fabric stuff. Oh no! And that's not oh. good because it's like tensioned, so it's uh-huh. kind of yeah. it's not just a tear; it's kind of like a weird streaky thing. Yeah. But it's it doesn't you still it still feels fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, at Meyer, I don't know how old they are. Maybe they're you know like real vintage or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure someone could walk in and date them. But uh, yeah, actually, it's possible. Like actually, I think sometimes their their product label, if if you still have it on there, you could check and I don't know, look up the SKU and somebody <laughs> can figure out when it was uh, built. Yeah, what vintage well, so it is. I have a question, Betty. What mm-hmm. what led you to make a video about office chairs mm-hmm. in general? Because when, yeah. we, <laughs> when we you know did the first episode of the show, and then we were like on the Relay FM, like, Slack, being like, who else would, you know, does anyone want to have come on? And me, I like office chairs. I want to talk about office chairs. I was like, whoa, office chairs. Yeah. So what, where does that come from? Like, what's, yeah. uh, um, so I've been uh, working in architecture and interior design for the last 10 years. And uh, professionally, I'm an architecture project manager. Um, so I actually... For, for different projects, I specify a lot of furniture, and I've actually mm. specified Herman Miller Aeron chairs for mm-hmm. other people before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I, I have a bit of knowledge about chairs um, based on professional um, background. Mm-hmm. Um, and but uh, at the time, I was making a lot of YouTube videos about uh, mostly just art related, like you know, uh, fine art, like paintings and sculptures, and. Um, I wanted to make a video about uh, the Aaron chair, actually, because it was in the Museum of Modern Art. So it is mm-hmm. art. It's related to my channel's uh, content at the time. But I ended up, I had a, I had so many conversations with people where they were just like, oh, I would never pay like $1,000 for a chair or even mm-hmm. like 300 500 Like people, um, so many people I talked to just think that's absolutely ridiculous. And mm-hmm. um, I don't agree with <laughs> that. <laughs> I I do think I, I I do think you know there is a certain point a chair is probably t- too much for depending on your needs obviously. <laughs> but I wanted people to realize just how important 
having a good chair is and and mm-hmm. how or or and how bad for your health um having a bad chair can be and i think it's important for people to put a little bit more thought into the thing that they're sitting on for probably 40 plus hours a week um if they yeah. work in a desk job like i do so yeah so i ended up just making a video about um office chairs in general and of course i i mentioned this one so yeah so like I, and throughout researching for the video i actually ended up finding a lot of finding out a lot of things that i didn't even know myself um especially about how uh, in order to develop a chair like this usually scientists and you know uh, industrial designers and even healthcare professionals they go through like decades of research and standardized mm-hmm. testing to to get to the point of developing these chairs mm-hmm. and and spend like millions of dollars on them so that's it's one of the many reasons why you know they're expensive and i later i can get into other reasons <laughs> why <laughs> um but yeah that's kind of that's kind of the background is i was just like i felt really strongly about letting people know and and here's the thing and i i know um i think uh, adam mentioned in the last episode <laughs> i am not sponsored by herman miller <laughs> like i wish <laughs> so, um, but, and like all the videos i could find online at the time were like you know videos by the furniture manufacturer or the vendor of course yeah, they're going to advertise yeah. they're going to be like right, our chair right. is the best and <laughs> th- i couldn't really find anything that's like objectively coming from someone who's not uh, getting paid <laughs> to mm-hmm. say this mm-hmm. is a great mm-hmm. product yeah. um so yeah that was another reason yeah interesting yeah i mean the chair is such a in the like design architecture world it's like the kind of er object for like a designer to do mm-hmm. for some reason it seems like it's like if oh you're an architect and you're going to make an object like the first thing you do is make a chair or something <laughs> or like there's so yeah. many like yeah famous architects like Frank Gehry or something where it's like, oh, you're got famous first for like making a cardboard chair or something, right? So it's like mm-hmm. this this odd object. Um, and, but it is true. It, it's like a mattress where it's an easy thing to just be like, oh, I can have a cheap mattress. But it's like, you spend like a third of your life mm-hmm. if you're doing good, like yeah. on, on it. So it's like, <laughs> it actually really matters. And I used to totally be on the camp of like, uh, whatever, like in like in college, I just had like an exercise ball that I sat on, but um, but it took. But it, especially as I'm getting older, I've definitely gotten much better mattresses and much better like chair ergonomic objects in my mm-hmm. life for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I but I totally kind of resonate in some ways. Like I, I a stride when I was younger, I was like, well, I appreciate objects, but I'm also really cheap, and so it's like this weird, yeah. you know, in between space, but. But it's true. I mean, like this, especially as something like an Aeron chair, it just feels like this uh, kind of classic er object that's like, does it ever need to change? Like, it's just yeah, continue to sit there for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I was going to get into this later, but it actually has kind of changed over over the last. A couple of decades and Mm. they they have actually made improvements to it over time and they did come out with a new version in 2017 so i think if you buy an aaron chair now it it will be like this new the new version and they they did like small improvements um to it like making it lighter and things like that but Mm -hmm. they also um i think they changed the seat height of it apparently one of the complaints about the the first or or like the previous like classic version of the iron chair was that some people thought it was too low like it didn't adjust high enough mm. um and then also the lumbar support apparently some people didn't think it was at the right position i mean i'm not mm. an expert in mm-hmm. ergonomics mm-hmm. um so and, and apparently don chadwick actually said they originally didn't intend on people sitting it for eight hours a day <laughs> but that ended up being the case so they kind of had to redesign it to fit that need um and then another thing is that they ended up making the Aeron chair um i believe 94 percent recyclable is how mm. is the content now so they're making it more environmental friendly as well mm. yeah i think this uh just talking about the ergonomics and such it brings up an interesting uh kind of thread to pull on is i think the Aeron chair is kind of considered a the pinnacle of like an office style chair where you're mm-hmm. sitting upright, it has armrests and you know, it has casters and wheels mm-hmm. and you sit at a desk. And so 
the question is not necessarily should you spend a thousand dollars on an Aeron chair? It's should you buy this style of chair at all? Mm-hmm. Or are we, you know, kind of moving away from that where, I mean, it may, Tom can maybe describe his his funky chair that he's probably sitting on now and his, his upgrade <laughs> from his exercise ball. And I have this like weird stool that rocks back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and you know, of course we have, you know, like sit stand desks that can rise up to stand and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, Yes, the Aeron chair is probably the best chair you can get for that style of chair. But mm-hmm. is that the chair you should be buying, period, you know? Yeah. No, that that is a really good point. And, uh, and again, like when I was working on projects where I was specifying chairs... There, it wasn't just oh, get an Aaron chair because it's the best because, mm-hmm. you know, clients have budgets first of all, but um, <laughs> also yeah, but also th- there's there's other other you know considerations like it, it you know whether you do want to be spending eight hours sitting in it or um, yeah, like basically what what your what your needs are and it is true like people are kind of the getting away from like sitting for eight hours a day if you can find ways to to not have to do that like you Mm -hmm. mentioned Mm -hmm. with the sit stand options um but yeah like i think so when when i was working um so i I worked at a a hospital like as an in-house designer for a while and one of the things um so again we didn't have the aaron chair as one of the options um but there were other Herman Miller product, uh, Herman Miller products that we we had in the catalog, and it depended on if it was for a patient or if it was for staff, and how long they were uh, they were sitting there for, and like kind of what their preferences are. And and obviously we couldn't get every single person their own chair, um, but that one of the things that is uh, the Aaron chair and chairs like that, I guess, kind of like revolutionized is giving people options, is having a chair that has so many like adjustments mm, and it conforms mm-hmm. to your body. Yeah. You, so, so it's, it's not like a one size fits all. So that's one of the reasons it's like for the higher cost is when you go to Ikea and get a chair, there's not a lot of options. There's mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's not that it can go up and down, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, it's like the, the arms can, can move the back, uh, the tilt, the lumbar support, yep. uh, basically like everything can, can move. But one of the problems is not a lot of people know that. <laughs> yeah, don't I, know was, I was uh, studying my chair earlier and I found a lever that I didn't know what it did. Like I could <laughs> yeah, not figure okay, it so out. Let's talk, let's, talk yeah. about, let's talk about the controls in this chair. Yeah. yeah. I have had the, 10 years I've had these chairs. Mm-hmm. And I still, I don't think I'm confused about the controls, <laughs> but it is like poorly, because I, I don't want to say it's poorly designed because it's probably not poorly designed, but it is confusing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. even though the levers have these little pictures on them, which is like, tilt this, this goes up and down, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It is still pretty unclear mm-hmm. why you should do those things and like mm-hmm. what's good and it still feels like it doesn't exactly work right. Like, like there's this tension knob that's mm-hmm. supposed to control the tension of some of those controls, but it's yeah. like odd, especially on the, I think the classic version that I have, you, have to, you really have to like turn it a lot before it responds. And so mm-hmm. like I had someone in, working in my office this summer and he was just completely confused by the chair. Like <laughs> completely confused by like, okay, wait. And then I kind of showed him like, oh, you could do this or that. He's like, oh, okay. But he didn't, it's not like he sat there and dialed it in. And so mm-hmm. it is one of those things where it almost feels like you need to have a professional come in. Mm-hmm. I was just like, going to yeah. say like a white glove delivery where they like fit the chair for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Or like some like an app that's that's just like, hey, here's how. Because it, mm-hmm. not only is it confusing about like what are the goals here? Like what am I supposed to be doing? But it's also kind of just confusing in general, these knobbies. And so... I don't know. I'm very not impressed with that side of the chair. Like I mm-hmm. understand that it's very mm-hmm. adjustable and mm-hmm. it feels adjustable, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it's, I have it adjusted right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually that, that, that is a good point. And that's another reason to consider, should you even get this chair? Because the most ideal circumstance is that you have an office where you're like 
office manager or whoever is responsible for ordering the chairs not only ordered the chairs, but has a relationship with their Herman Miller rep who is going to send in their the Herman Miller specialist. Um, and when I so when I worked at one other office where our vendor was Steelcase, we did have someone from Steelcase come in to every single person to to be like, hey, uh, you know, do you even know how to use your chair? Most <laughs> of the time, the answer was no. And that was me. Like when, when they came in to show me how to use the Steelcase chair, I was like, oh, you can adjust that. I just yeah. sat in it and I was like, mm. so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you, you, you kind of need to be in a situation where you can contact someone to come in and actually mm-hmm. show you how to use it properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to me, the power of brands like Steelcase and Herman Miller, where I'm sure there are knockoff air on chairs that are like, probably like a fourth of the cost or less, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, they can ape something and get it like 95% of the right. And it's probably mostly fine. Mm-hmm. But in those like kind of like really high end design brands that mm-hmm. have done the R and D research yeah. to kind of get these chairs, you know, innovated and made, and then have a staff that really supports them. That is where like the rubber meets the road in terms of these brands' value. It's like mm-hmm. you're getting something that is high quality, like through the full stack. Like the experience is high quality. Like you should be able to get in touch with someone. Like mm-hmm. it should be very clear. And so. I, you know, obviously completely missed that boat because I just got them used right from some place. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if you're if you're just an individual, like you said, and you're not in this like office setup. Yeah. Do you really benefit from the kind of, you know, all of the kind of extra stuff that should be coming with these chairs where it's like you're really what you're paying for is like service and mm-hmm. innovation and like quality and warranty and repairs and all this stuff. And it is interesting if you don't have like a quote, a rep. Like yeah, exactly. You know, a just, per- Tom's but, personal Herman yeah. Miller rep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, maybe like maybe, Dan, you do have one. Like maybe yeah. you could like be like, hey, look, I have this chair. I bought it like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. Because I was yeah. I was trying to think back uh, on the uh, just the packaging and the kind of out of box experience of getting it. Because I do remember, obviously, it doesn't ship like fully assembled. Like you, mm-hmm. it's kind of more uh, disassembled in a flat ish box, and you put it together. And I was, I, I it was so long ago. I have a hard time. Uh, remembering what that experience was like, but it's actually an interesting uh, like design problem because who who is the packaging for and who are the assembly steps for? Mm-hmm. Because of course individuals are buying this chair, but also like as mentioned, companies are buying this chair, and some guy is putting them all together f- for the employees, you know. And so that out of box experience that might be there for oh, here's how you adjust it to get the perfect fit, like all of those employees are missing out on that. They're just Mm -hmm. coming to their desk and there's a chair there and they don't even think to explore the levers or or decipher what the, the glyphs on the levers mean because, uh, because they haven't had that initial impression. So it's kind of a tricky, uh, a tricky thing. Yeah. So I'm wondering what, so what do you guys think about the, um, the fact that this chair doesn't have the foam cushions that it's this, like suspended, um, like tensioned fabric that's just kind of there. One thing that I I feel like one of the things, you know, notwithstanding the like possible ergonomic aspects of it, but just from like a cleanliness point of Mm -hmm. view, it feels really nice that you can see through this thing. Like Mm -hmm. if you got like a high powered like air compressor, you could basically make this thing like new, right? Like in terms of, and if you're sitting on a piece of foam for a decade, like that's not going to end well, right? Like, you know, it's not, I don't care who you are. Like, it's just, you know. Yeah. And so just for like, even though these chairs are, who knows how old these are, like I could really clean them up and blow them Mm -hmm. off and they would feel really, really new. And so like in in that context, I really like them. Like I, I feel like they're really easy to clean and then, you know, obviously the kind of airiness of yeah. them feels really good. I mean, I haven't sat for a long time in a different kind of office chair um, just because I've had these. But I bet that I would kind of really feel the um, the kind of stuffiness of them if yeah. I didn't, you know, if I went back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the the stretched 
mesh is basically like the the triumph of this chair like that mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. the best thing about it and it's the most remarkable thing about it and it's uh kind of the most enduring thing about it mm-hmm. um wikipedia says they they call it pelicil is that right or yeah, pe- like pelicil yeah. Yeah. Pel- yeah. yeah i didn't know how to pronounce it yeah I it's either pelicil pelicil yeah pelicil yeah. yeah that's probably right um but yeah it's like a, a stretched uh it's plastic right tom the mm-hmm. actual yeah. material yeah um and so yeah it's like the cleanliness factor the the air um you know having like an airstream through it um but the uh it holds its shape really well i mean aside from having a tear in one of your stuff if you don't tear yeah. it uh I, ha- I have to imagine this holds its shape much much better than you know a molded uh f- foam piece uh so uh, i think that is like by far the best aspect of this chair yeah yeah and and i've sat on chairs with like cheap uh, like, you know, stretch fabric. And you can tell it's like, this is not the same. It's like a saggy yeah. version of it. <laughs> and it seems like I was, you know, you know, preparing for the show, I was kind of poking around and like Herman Miller's new chairs. And they have some newer chairs that are, mm-hmm. you know, kind of similar, but they all have the like same, the same mesh situation. And it seems like they've even gone further with, you know, how minimal they can make the edge on the stitching and some of the other things. And it definitely just feels like the right, like it feels like the right thing. And mm-hmm. um I don't know, I just mm-hmm. I think the fact that you can see through it makes it feel very uh technical and um airy. And you know, so this chair came out in nineteen ninety four, right? And I think it fits it just fits so much well in an office of like glass tables <laughs> and dot com era and you know, all this stuff. I I do the kind of arbitrary sculpting of it bothers me a little bit. I don't, you know, it definitely feels dated. Like it feels dated mm-hmm. to me, like mm-hmm. visually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I would say that the the fact that it's translucent also makes it just is a huge deal, right? It, it even if it felt the same, but it was somehow opaque. The like fabric, the mm-hmm. mesh material, mm-hmm. I think would make a huge difference in what this chair looks like. It wouldn't look nearly as um, like anthropomorphic or like mm-hmm. th- like to me they look kind of like bones and skin or something like something that <laughs> feels like organic kind of yeah. yeah and if it was opaque i think it would just be like oh there's a weird symbol of a chair rather than this like <laughs> like mech like mechanism that it, that's in the office or something i don't know there's, mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it's really important basically that that vi- that that is translucent yeah mostly. yeah i think i think when they were doing uh, when they said they were doing testing like with actual users in before the chair came out, a lot of people like they they thought it was came from an alien spaceship or something. <laughs> totally. um, and then and and apparently a lot of people before sitting in it, they would look at it and be like, oh, that doesn't look like it would be very very comfortable at all. But when you sit in it, you're like, oh, actually it is. And yeah, the airiness and you know, Tom, you mentioned like with the ease, like it's easy to clean and or and you can basically unlike you know like a foam padded see if you spilt something on it is like oh no yeah it's gonna it's not coming out yeah where it's is like this oh this is just have coffee it. from 20 years ago inside. <laughs> yeah. well that's the thing some of those some of the chairs in some of the offices i worked at i'm just like i don't want to sit in that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, exactly yeah and this you could uh, you know you could like sanitize it right yeah so what do we think what do we think about there's kind of like two visually there's kind of two things about this chair that i i wonder about um Mm -hmm. one is and it seems like this is a trend for these kind of chairs in general is they're really like sculpted and they like look kind of organic like i said like bones and skin and stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. like but then on the other hand it also interesting to me it looks like where some design is going with the like ai generated like structural components and stuff where it's like this weird organic kind of structures getting used. And so I wonder if this look is going to like in 50 years from now, is this going to look like an Eames chair Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, this still works. Like somehow this still works. Like, is it going to be this weird, like nineties relic thing? 
or is it going to be continue to stay like relevant in this kind of weird organic sculpted mishmash of like mechanics and organics well what do we think visually about this thing yeah yeah i i think it's in a really interesting place right now where simultaneously it feels very 90s and also completely iconic and so it's able to kind of escape in some ways (laughs) those uh those like design trends from the 90s because it's like embedded in our minds as like, oh, this is the uh, this is the Converse All Star of uh, office chairs. You know, it's like this is what a shoe looks like. This is what a chair looks like, and it's just kind of there. So I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't really speak to like the <laughs> if the AI <laughs> trends are going to push this like back into a popular like design language, but I think they can kind of leave it. It's already reached like icon status. And as Betty mentioned, it's like in the Momon stuff. So uh, they can probably just leave it alone and it'll, it's going to continue to kind of exist as is and be fine. I think. Yeah. I think I, I, I agree with that. Cause when I think about it, when I look at it, it just like, to me, it looks like, Oh, that's just, that's just how office chairs look like, even though it is quite unique since there's, most office chairs still have like um you know a padded cushion or mm-hmm. at least the seat is is isn't the the mesh but yeah it's it's become just so iconic that i do wonder if it's this is just what we think about when we think about or or at least one of the shapes and forms that we think about when it comes to um just an office chair in general. But one thing um, I actually discovered when I was looking this up was um, this chair apparently was in a Simpsons episode mm. as the chair that God sits in. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's going to be a link gore in the chat, but that's <clears throat> there's a picture <laughs> of the Simpsons um, <laughs> chair. Yeah. So it's like God's throne. So it's like, this is... A priori, yeah, a priori chair. Like, it's our, our priori, yeah, it's like... I would have put him in an Eames lounge, probably, if I were a writer <laughs> yeah. on the Simpsons. No, but he's doing work. He's doing work. <laughs> yeah. I do, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, do um, I wonder how, what it was like in designing this chair. Because, you mm-hmm. know, when you're Herman Miller, and you mm-hmm. guys, and they're designing things, like the designers, they know these are like objects that are going to be high quality and last for a long time. Mm-hmm. They're doing this new kind of fabric suspended thing for the first time. Mm-hmm. How do you, I wonder how they knew as a designer, like, we're going to take the leap <laughs> and somehow know that this is going to keep its tension for like 30 <laughs> yeah. years. Because I'm yeah. over here like feeling this chair, which, I mean, this chair could easily be 20 years old that I have. Yeah. And it Probably feels like yeah. the tension is still right there with yeah. this kind of fabric. And that's pretty amazing that. A, that that's true, and B, that they could pull that off, like, for the first time. Yeah. And so... That but is it, is that seems like rich. something you could test. I mean, it's hard to test time, obviously, but you have those machines that just, you know, pound the seed over and over again and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, that probably gets you pretty far in terms of knowing if it's going to hold up over time, I would guess. Yeah, so actually, that that is a, that is a good point, because... Um, so it turns out uh, this wasn't technically the first time they they did this stretched woven fabric mesh mm. thing mm-hmm. so like i mentioned before there's actually quite of interest kind of an interesting story of like how this chair came to be um because apparently so the designers of the chair don chadwick and bill stumpf mm-hmm. they were originally designing a chair for um uh, like elderly homes or like elderly um, people uh, who uh, are in like long-term care or like hospitals and in like the 80s that they're actually there isn't really wasn't anything on the market there that's actually for um, like older adults and so they were you know they did a bunch of research again for like for years to design a chair that's comfortable that can like catch um, people if they're like falling into it so they don't hurt themselves Mm -hmm. Um, and again having these adjustability um, to work with people who may have disabilities and things like that so um, they came out with a chair in 1987 called the Sarah chair um, that they ended up so it wasn't this that it it 
isn't like the Eames chair where it's like completely um, this like open mesh, but instead of doing a traditional like wood, um, like a upholstery frame, they, they started using this, um, it, they put a interior suspension of a woven material kind of like what would eventually become just the seat of mm. the Aeron chair but this was like it's its interior suspension of the Sarah chair and that was like one of the in, innovations of the Sarah chair and it was a really good chair but um apparently Herman Miller just like they couldn't sell a lot of it because mm. at the time you know there wasn't a lot of dedicated uh like for elderly people mm -hmm, furniture mm -hmm. people just yeah. went and bought chairs no matter how old you were um and then so i think after i don't even know how long maybe like not even a year or so herman miller they just like discontinued it and but they so apparently uh chadwick and stuff they were like not very happy obviously mm -hmm. uh, at first but they ended up just reusing a lot of the research um, and poured that into the Aeron chair. And so they ended up eventually deciding to just get rid of the cushion completely and kind of just like put a lot of the research and the findings they had from the Sarah chair into this one. But instead of uh, having the target audience be um, older people, they had it, they were like, oh, computers and, peop and <laughs> people who are <laughs> like sitting uh, in yeah. their offices. So obviously this one ended up being more successful. So, um, and, and apparently the CEO in Herman Miller at the time was really skeptical. He was like, this is a big risk. Like, I don't know about this mesh thing mm -hmm. and like people might not want it and it might not work. And, but he eventually signed off on it and obviously it was a good decision. Um, but there was a very good chance that you know it could have not happened yeah. yeah yeah in a world of kind of like plush fluffy leather office <laughs> chairs i could imagine yeah. someone in the early 90s seeing this and being like where's the rest of the chair like yeah <laughs> this, like, yeah. this is just the, the frame part. yeah, this, yeah. This, you're, <laughs> you're selling me a skeleton how dare yeah. you <laughs> yeah i i wonder obviously you know the internet boom and like all that stuff made this chair what it is but i also wonder how much this chair made like office work what it is in terms of just mm. like mm. hey you can be comfortable for like mm. eight hours sitting <laughs> yeah. down at this yeah. desk slave away like <laughs> startup worker yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it's like interesting because it was so ubiquitous that it's like uh, i wonder what that's done and i would also i would also be curious to see if sales of this chair is picked up just for like home office use you know and and then mm -hmm. what that means for mm -hmm. people like maybe this is someone's first really expensive piece of furniture right because they're working mm -hmm. from home and they are missing their fancy office chair or they know they need one and so <laughs> it's like it's, it is a interesting like inflection point for for mm -hmm. kind of like like a fancy mattress it's like getting a nice mattress seems like kind of like a waste but once you do it's like oh mm -hmm. wait and then you're like but wait what else in my life <laughs> could actually be way better if i thought about it you know so yeah. i just wonder about that because i have a very weird chair i have this fully like kneeling rocking mm. chair that both rocks and is like a kneeling chair mm. and um for a long time i was like only i only stood at my desk and then for some reason i just started wanting to sit more and i had the chair for like a normal like the Aeron chair for a while and then i ended up getting this like kneely rocky chair and i actually stopped standing at my desk mm. for like for like three months because it actually like was comfortable enough to where I didn't get lower <laughs> back pain and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I'm actually back to standing more. So mm. I just think it's interesting now I'm guessing that people are really having to play with those objects in their space, like really consider them more because, you know, it's becoming more and more important, obviously. So it's, yeah, I just, it's, it's just really interesting having these objects. Like, I don't think I'll get rid of these air on chairs. Yeah. I don't know why I would. It's like, they'll, they'll probably last maybe forever I yeah right <laughs> it's hard to say yeah because yeah. i i there was someone who commented on my youtube video recently who said they got their first uh or their current uh Aaron chair in 1996 mm. and <laughs> it only started to have tears in it this year so that was mm. 28 years ago yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's almost 30 and, and they're like it still works it, it's just now it's the you know it's starting to be a little bit like iffy in terms of the the fabric yeah um but 
you know. And almost like, certainly you could get that fabric replaced. Like that's the oh, thing. Prop, I'm sure yeah. Herman Miller would like does that or like yeah. send you something. You're yeah, like, I right. think right now the warranty is like 12 years, so they'll they'll probably you you'll it'll cost some amount of money, but yeah. but you know it's it probably less than getting a brand new yeah. Um, yeah. on chair. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. And real, real quick, uh, just mm-hmm. back to that. Uh, I really enjoyed that the story about the Sarah chair and kind of the origins mm-hmm. of that, and it reminded me of uh, like the Oxo story, where it's it starts with so- solving a pain point for you know mm-hmm. with the elderly, and then it's just mm-hmm. like, oh wait a second, everyone would benefit from this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of things in design where it's like you start exactly. kind of this accessibility angle, and it's just like, oh wait mm-hmm. a second this is comfortable for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Not to plug too many of my YouTube videos here, but <laughs> I, do, I do have another video about acce- accessible design. Um, but the point of the video is that if you look at like so many accessible design um like components, it started off as this is for people in a wheelchair, or this is for people um, with visual impairments, but really, it's like, actually, everyone can benefit from this. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's like the, you know, the tactile attention strips and the, um, like highlighted strips on staircases. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. originally for, you know, visually impaired people, but really, like me, when I'm not wearing my glasses, well, actually, then technically I am visually visually yeah. impaired too. But still, like yeah. in, when it's dark, it's good for everyone. It's mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. just for, um, it's not just a disability thing. So, um, yeah, I, I mean that that, and this is another example of that. Mm-hmm. It's I, it's just being having to question the fundamental, like the fundamentals, is like always good, and it's like if you know. I'm guessing that this just like forces these designers, and I, but, but I'm guessing somehow they're backed by knowing they have a ton of research, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. legroom to really like actually start from first principles again and mm-hmm. like get this mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's good. Tom, yeah. do you want to uh, enter the manufacturing corner? Did you have you prepared <laughs> any? <laughs> well, actually, so well, as a as a as a corollary to the manufacturing corner, I'm very curious about these, these other reasons why these chairs might be expensive. Cause so when mm-hmm. I looked at, just kind of looked at this chair and was trying to figure out like, okay, like what, like, is this thing expensive? Like, how is it, is it hard mm-hmm. to make? And even watch the, like, they have some pretty good, Herman Miller has some pretty good, like assembly video showing like the whole assembly process. And it's like quite automated and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And there's nothing to me that screams like, Oh, mm-hmm this is an expensive thing. Like <laughs> yeah. it's mostly molded plastic, like probably like glass fiber reinforced nylon or something. And like, there's, you know, some metal components, but it's not crazily complex. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything is super high precision necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you look at it, you're like, wait, why is this thing like $1,500? <laughs> yeah. um, and so I know that, that, you know, Herman Miller needs hefty margin margins to be able to like uphold their, you know, service and innovation. But I was also, yeah, so I'm just curious, like, mm-hmm. wh- why are these things so expensive? <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that is a really good question. And, and really, like, I, I some of th- what I talked about in the video and, and also other things I didn't talk about is, is like, are things that are factually um, a reason for the chairs being exen- ex- uh, expensive. But some are kind of just speculation by me. Um, I do think the biggest reason is the fact that it is the main target audience of uh, chairs like the Aaron chair is for commercial business use. And whenever you have something that is not for uh, like direct consumer or like directly for some residential use, it is really it is just marked up. And, and and not just be it's not just marked up, like, just because um, it, it basically, they like kind of like what we were talking about earlier there's first there's the component where like they yeah you have a business relationship with them where they'll come in for free and like you know fix your stuff or like uh, have some an ergonomic specialist for your office and things like that so it's like it's just like the service they provide it's like a business to business service instead of a like a consumer type of relationship so in general, like when I when I specify furniture for an office, like everything is just more expensive than if I were to recommend someone to buy this a similar thing for their house. Mm-hmm. So 
that's one of the reasons. And the other one, the other reason I, I think um, is the the customer customizability, not in terms of the adjustments, but the fact that you can order the chair, there's like, a lot of different options in terms of the finishes you can have you can have different arms on it you can have like different types of mechanisms and like you can kind of choose your bells and whistles like when you buy something from a a residential furniture furniture store there might be like two different choices (laughs) instead of like a combination of so many different items that you there there might be i don't know like 50 permutations of the Aaron chair depending on what choice you get and so it when you order the chair it is gonna be a custom built for you instead of just shipped from like the furniture store so that's kind of another reason um but yeah really like I think the biggest reason is the fact that it is just like such a famous chair and they feel like they can <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's the name of the game for like design yeah. within reach herman miller like all these big design brands is like yeah they have the cachet yeah you can get a knockoff for half the price or less and it's like mostly there but mm-hmm. i do think it's like it's kind of like for instance when we bought we bought this 3d printer like i don't know four or five years ago and it was like the expensive version of the 3D printer that we can get. But we mm-hmm. got it because it's like, we're going to be using this for a business and I want some support. Like if this breaks, mm-hmm. I want to yeah. be able to like get support right away. I want to be able to fix it. I'm not going to be like mm-hmm. kind of hacking my way to like whatever. And mm-hmm. so I think it's so it's hard to, to be a consumer and wanting to buy like objects when they're really built for, like you said, like a B2B context and you're kind of walking in there you know, and you're just like, wait, why is this so expensive? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if they're probably just not interested, but I just, you know, I wonder if they make a an Aeron like light version that's mm-hmm. not really that much different, but they can sell it for way cheaper because there's just like one version and it's a quote, mm-hmm. you know, consumer grade or something. I'm sure yeah. they could do that, but they probably just don't want to dilute the brand cachet or something. But yeah, it does really make me yeah. think like, what mm-hmm. are the knockoffs like? Like, Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, like, I, I wonder, like, what is a, a knockoff Aaron chair like? Like, maybe it's actually fine. You know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Dan, do you do you remember how much your wife paid for the chair? Like, oh, yeah. I was just about it? to say it yeah. was much less than it is now. I want to say okay. around eight hundred dollars, maybe seven hundred and fifty okay. or eight hundred. So it's definitely gone up yeah. since uh, I, since then. Yeah, I should have mentioned earlier when I was talking about the specifying for business reasons um i actually get a 50 percent discount from herman miller oh wow so so you get wholesale how many do you have to how many do you have to buy usually well uh, so i again so and i say like about that Mm -hmm. if i got bought one i don't think i can get that but um (laughs) but i would still be able to get some sort of a discount so they, they usually will have a discount for designers specifiers like people who who mm-hmm. would be you know putting this into their projects um and yeah like i i think if i if i got like i don't know like probably like something like for like a whole office if i got like i don't know like 20 or 30 i probably could get up to that or um 50 discount so mm-hmm. um yeah. so again i haven't um for like for my previous work uh we didn't get Aaron chairs, but we had some of their other products. So retail, um, some of the chairs we got, I think the we they we got their zip chair, uh, which I think retail might be like five hundred, six hundred, um, and we would get it for like two hundred and fifty or three hundred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so yeah, you would have to you know get more than just one probably, but I but it's not like you have to get six hundred. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's like what these brands do. I mean it's like the whole game, but it's just. It's interesting. I mean, part of me when I'm when I'm buying and maybe this is probably just because I have a physical product business and I like know, but when I'm buying that something that I feel is too expensive, I'm always making that justification because I know that the company is like doing stuff behind the scenes that makes it worth it. And I'm mm-hmm. like throwing them a bone kind of in some <laughs> ways, right? It's like oh, it's like yeah. Apple for instance. It's like <laughs> that's kind of a bad example because things do work kind of better in the Apple world. But it's the same thing where it's like Herman Miller. It's like, yeah, I will buy your authentic object that's 
actually not the knockoff just because I know that you're doing work, right, that supports that price or whatever. And so there is this game kind of, and I and I wonder how much of that is at play or or if it is mostly just people actually getting them at a discount and they, like what percentage do they actually sell at full retail price or, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah. it's so interesting to th- consider as a consumer, like what the value of R&D and like how that becomes amortized into the price (laughs) because it's like you have uh, uh, an invention and so it's like how much does it cost to make that and it's like well the bomb you know the bill of materials is like one thing but then of course there's like marketing budget that's part of that and then the like actual labor that went into designing the thing as part of it but what's interesting about the r&d is like for something uh, like the Aeron chair, which is like they figured it out and now they're just making it basically. I mean, I know <laughs> yeah, they're updating their and money. doing things. Yeah. So it's money. like, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to imagine like where they like amortize out the R and D costs. And then once it uh, expires, they like lower the price of the chair because they're like, Oh, we made uh we made our R and D back. We don't need to like charge as much for this anymore. <laughs> Obviously no company in the history of companies has ever done that, but it's like, it's an interesting uh, thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is, you know, they love to say that it's like a work of art, right? I think mm-hmm. the fact, you know, that it's like recognized as this iconic object, you know, they don't, they don't need to, they mm. don't care about low-end prices, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like they, yeah. they've done it, right? They got it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel that ridiculous. Some things that come out of Herman Miller or Vitra or some of the, especially Vitra, feels like <laughs> this is just luxury. Like, yes, it is well-designed, but it doesn't need to be. Like, for instance, one of the things that really gets me is, um, I think, the I forget the, the twins, like Bula Deck, I don't know how you say their name, but anyways, they, there's these two twin designer guys that make this pretty awesome. It's like a modular algae curtain that you can like buy basically just little injection molded pieces of plastic and you snap them together and it makes like room separators and stuff. And they look, it looks completely awesome, but it is so expensive and it's literally just injection molded plastic. Like it's, there's nothing fancy about it. It's injection molding plastic. And the thing that was fancy is that it's like this interesting idea, but it's like, that's it. Yeah. And that kind of thing does a little bit drive me crazy where it's like, yeah. this is full on design luxury. It's yeah. ridiculous. But, but for something like a Saron chair, it's like, it is overpriced, but not crazy, not like sickeningly so. And so it's kind of, it works. It's like fine, you know, yeah. it works. Yeah. And I think, like, uh, again, so the, some things are more important to some people than others. And, like, personally, I think a, a, a environmentally responsible company is important to me. And I, I and I have looked into this, and, and they, they do um, have some. I would say pretty legit certifications. So like they're the uh, chair is certified. Um, it's the certification called cradle to cradle, which mm-hmm. basically means that it's, um, you know, it's, it's most of its material has got a closed looped recycle uh, recycling system and they're using renewable resources and, you know, all kinds of uh, other things. And, and also um, they're certified, um, by these indoor air quality standards where they have um, very low VOCs so that it's not you know, toxic for us to breathe in. So um, like for me, that is pretty important. And I, and I do personally think it should be important to everyone. Uh, obviously, you know, that it's, is, it isn't um, uh, important to everyone. Um, but I, I do think, I, like I feel better giving a company money who are actually doing responsible things mm-hmm. that yeah cool. and they're and they're supporting design right they're supporting yeah. designers and design and they're yeah. elevating it and so mm-hmm. yeah it's like it 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 feels good like it definitely feels good to, for me you know and mm-hmm. and say with apple it's like i i'm on board you know it's like i these companies <laughs> and like sonos like the last time you know we talked about sonos yeah. where it's like you know you're doing it right like you're mm-hmm. you're doing all the right things and that feels really good to support it and and uh yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I'm not going to buy another office chair, but seeing the new Herman Miller office chairs, it's like, wow, the, those actually do look quite cool and good. You know, it's like, it, it seems like they're continuing to knock it out of the park. So, yeah. 
I'll see if I can get you a discount. (laughs) (laughs) I got my fully, I got my rocking kneeling chair here. (laughs) It's all really weird. Uh, let's, let's pick some nits. What are some, uh, some things that, I mean, we've already touched on some, uh, like the iconography on the levers, for example, but, uh, what else, uh, what else about this chair do we think could be, uh, improved upon? It makes a weird sound, uh, sometimes, uh, that's some kind of weird metal to metal knocking if you're, Hmm. if it's kind of loose and you rock back in it. And it just feels like that could have been dampened or muffled mm. it's mm. like why there's like this one noise it's like a knocking noise and it's just like why is that mm. there everything yeah. else is great about this one <laughs> a little one yeah my biggest one and i i think it's probably the reason why i've never truly fallen fallen in love with this chair is it has to do with the armrests and the way mm. that they do not lock in place side to side. So oh, okay. to to, pa- to paint a picture uh, for the listener, like the ar- <laughs> the armrest can raise up and down, and those have levers on the back that you uh, unlock to raise and lower them, and then you lock them, and they're completely stable, steady, uh, height wise. They will not move. However, they also pivot at a pivot point where that bracket is and that is not locked it's like a it's like a ratcheted i don't know how to describe it like it, 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 it pivots it, horizontally it's it, got three it, detents yes it, it three detents like, yes it can be kind of pigeon winged in it can be straight or like pigeon or like wing winged out yes kind of. yes uh and it to me it has led to a feeling of frankly kind of like cheapness with the chair because Every time I touch the chair to move it somewhere, I'm grabbing it by the armrests and sliding it, and I feel that wiggliness. Like it does not feel rock solid. It feels, uh, it feels winky wob to use a word, a description my <laughs> six year old son <laughs> uh, uses. Uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel solid at all. And it's a shame that like the one place on the chair that does not feel solid is the place I'm always touching. <laughs> like if I need to move it. So I, I, I understand, I think why they made it like not a locking lever thing, because I'm guessing the idea is you're sitting in the chair and you might want to like, move them in so you're kind of like locked into the chair if you if you want like a narrower place to rest your elbows and then you can easily like swivel them out and get out of the chair i'm guessing that's why they did it this way but it just it leads to this like wiggly cheapness that i do not care for so that's that's my uh that's my nitpick for the chair yeah that's interesting uh i do think that probably I, I remember reading something about that they want you to be able to move around and because people aren't always sitting in the same position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although I do think you know giving people an option to lock that might might have been a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, although that might have added like another lever or something. Maybe right, right, do yeah, that. Um, yeah. And so yeah, since I don't sit in this, sh- uh, I don't have one, and mm-hmm. I'm not sitting in it all the time. I probably don't have the insight you guys have of these like little things you discover as you're using them but one thing i guess from a the point of view as you know like sometimes specifying chairs um is that um i guess you know that <laughs> this may be uh, or not maybe this is definitely an intentional decision they did but um it only comes in black and white <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> like or, yeah. or graphite yeah. um so it, it makes it that, again, there's like a certain aesthetic of an office th- that this chair uh, fits into. And again, maybe that's intentional. They don't think this is not necessarily for a funky colored office or, or something. But it just means that in certain instances when we don't just want like a boring, <laughs> like, you know, black chair everywhere or just white chairs everywhere, if you want a different color, um, I would, I just wouldn't be using this chair. So <laughs> totally. But. And it's funny. They make, I think they make like a million of these a year or something. And it's like, yeah, I read you, that too. You have room for some <laughs> colorways. I think, you know, it's yeah. like, especially someone would pay for it. Like I'm sure if it was important to the design, there'd be budget for that to have like some, you know, 
uh, yeah, color, you yeah. Know, like I mean, blue or when this uh, when this chair is basically di- directly aimed at like startup culture, it's like what yeah. startup is like. Ooh, I want the chair in like the blue color that our brand is or whatever. Like <laughs> that would I could see that working for them. Yeah, but I guess this is just their their thing. Yeah, it seems like the new. It seems like their newest chairs do have like funky. It's like very. They have funky colors, like a red and a like all. Oh, kind of, really? Yeah, oh. like a. Oh, I, I oh forget yeah. what it's oh. called. There's like the newest, not the era, but there's like. The oh newest. yeah, the yeah the Mira too. I see an orange one here, and uh, oh nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they've definitely. It feels like oh, you have. <laughs> oh yeah, this Cosm. It's like C. I think it's called oh, yeah. C O S M. That looks that chair seems funky. cool, and <laughs> it definitely has. Like yeah. colors, like the whole ad for it was like color. Like, look at all these colors you can yeah. do. Yeah. So, and maybe nice. they're, they're like, yeah, if you want color, don't go for the Aronchur, go for yeah. the Cosm. Yeah, something color. that probably costs me more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Aron is like kind of like the Model T uh, for their. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, cool. Dan, do you want to do? Uh, do you want to do the Dieter? Yeah, yeah. Dieter Rams. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's close let's close the show out with the with Dieter mm-hmm. Rams Design Principle Corner. I guess we need to come up with a better name for this. <laughs> very segment. long name. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we we didn't know how we were going to do this the first show. Mm-hmm. Originally, we thought it was just me choosing one, but I think it's much more fun if we all get to choose which mm-hmm. Dieter Rams Design Principle that we think this chair best. Uh, uh, exemplifies. So, mm-hmm. Betty, you're the guest. If you'd like to go first. Oh, thank you. Um, I had tr- tr- there were two that I wanted to. I was like debating back and forth between, mm-hmm. but I guess like if I were to pick one, I think I would pick probably seven is long lasting mm-hmm. because I, you know, I've heard all these stories about people having it for thirty years or something, and it's still, uh, you know, apparently like some don't even have a tear in it and some are um still in pretty good shape and so it it definitely seems to have longevity um and and but then also the it's long lastingness isn't just like that one chair lasts a long time i think it's more like also the chair lasting in like pop culture and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just you know uh the the public consciousness of chairs (laughs) chairs <laughs> so um if that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> well great totally. great minds that's the one i chose too uh, <laughs> but uh i would say if i sorry if i had to quickly pivot since i uh mm-hmm. i was not prepared to uh, match up with you uh the I, I liked all the stuff you talked about with the environmentally friendly mm-hmm. angle like i do think they are making legitimate strides to uh like the cradle to cradle designation you mentioned and stuff so i think mm-hmm. they're they're certainly a qualify for that principle as well i did uh good design is honest which i was i had kind of a hard time picking one but to me <clears throat> this chair is like so uh incredibly just like functional driven in its design mm-hmm. it's like there's almost zero like <laughs> aesthetic driven design choices i'm guessing in this thing i mean there's some right it's like what's the curve of the back you know there's like some little things but in general this is a very Mm -hmm. much a form follows function situation Mm -hmm. i feel like and Mm -hmm. and in even in those visual design choices it seems like they're trying to be like hey look how technical this is and so there's Mm -hmm. something honest about that to me like just how brutal it is it's not trying Mm -hmm. to it doesn't have any like cover plates to try to hide stuff. It's like mm-hmm. you can see cables. There's like cables for those levers. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. it's almost uh-huh. it's not like a bike, but it almost feels like a bike where it's just like, <laughs> here's this machine. And so I, I, I kind of felt like this good design is honest uh, fit pretty well. And um, and and I would actually say that I don't know if the, this newer Herman Miller chair that we were just looking at for a second has less of that. I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but it just mm. feels like. It's more trying to be mm-hmm. like slick or futuristic or something. And maybe yeah. I'm just, maybe, maybe the Aaron chair looked that way 30 years ago and, and I'm wrong. <laughs> but um, there's just something about it that just feels like, here I am. Yeah. I'm just kind of frumpy, <laughs> but I work really well, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you picked that one, Tom, because I, mm-hmm. I have a, some 
minor pushback, uh, and I wanted to bring this up in the uh, on the Wikipedia page. There was a, a really interesting quote. Uh, this is from Galen Kranz. I don't actually I don't actually know who that is, but he said uh, he has commented that uh, while the company is aware that a perching position facilitated by the chair's rounded front rail is preferable, it put in the lumbar support to conform to public expectations, quote, because that's what people think is required for it to be a scientifically good chair. (laughs) And so I thought that. I thought that, A, that was just interesting, but also it, it does actually push back a little on the good design is honest thing, I think, in that it's like we added this thing in because people want this or they think they want it, even though they actually shouldn't even be resting <laughs> their back on the chair. They should be kind of like perched forward. Um, mm-hmm. So there, I think there's an interesting tension there. I don't know. I just for I, sure. that jumped yeah, out yeah, to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean... It, you know, I'm sure you, I don't think I don't want to make this case, but you could make the case where it's like, well, meet people where they are kind of thing. You right. Know, right. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, totally. I think it's not like this. Um, it's not like a it's not like a Dieter Rams like brawn thing where it's like, look, you can see the screws. Like, look how honest <laughs> this object is. You can see how it's made. But just, you know, compared to a lot of objects, it's, especially designing objects, it's it's pretty I don't know. It's it's, just it's exposed. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, and sorry not to go on a tangent. No, um, no. <laughs> but I just I because I had that page of the Cosm chair open, and um, I just saw something that says um, no adjustment necessary. So it seems like they they took the 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 comment from a lot of people who said I don't even know how to use this thing. It's got too many knobs, and so th- I guess this new Cosm chair is just like y- you just sit in it, and it will conform to your body. Interesting. Apparently. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I obviously watched the video i think of like the designer guy and yeah he said like that was one of their main mm-hmm. things was just like no fiddling which i i don't know how that works maybe there's some fanciness yeah. with that but um mm-hmm. yeah. it is interesting but it, yeah. It, yeah it's i guess we'll just have to get one <laughs> business <Yeah>. expense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can get us half off right <laughs> yeah i'll try to I'll get in, in contact with my rep <laughs> Cool. Well, Betty, thank you so much yeah. for coming on the show. Is there? Oh, no, thank you, guys. Did you have any uh, any closing thoughts or anything you wanted to plug? I know you have a obviously your excellent YouTube channel, which we can link in the show notes, and I know you have a podcast as well. Yeah, so my uh, podcast is on this uh, fantastic network uh, called Relay FM. <laughs> <So> no, <laughs> anyway, um, it's um, uh, yeah, it's called Pictorial. So in that podcast, I, I talk uh, usually a little bit less about design and more about uh, the the fine arts type of things. Um, so, so you know, if you're interested in listening to a podcast where someone describes visual things to you the entire time, <laughs> uh, you should listen to that one. <laughs> awesome cool well thanks for coming on yeah thank you guys so much thoroughly considered is a joint production between relay fm and studio neat you can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 85